0: High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Wrapped
1: around each other Trying so hard to stay warm. First cold winter together Lying in each other's arms Watching those old movies Falling in love so
0: desperately Honey, I was your hero And you were my leading lady we had it all just like the Alright, Kyle, we're headed back, back to the beach. Again. So <laughs> Frankie's <laughs> back, Didi's back, you're back, dragged you back from the beach, I'm back. Of course. You
1: dragged me back from the beach.
0: <laughs> A
1: lot of drag racing.
0: A lot of drag. This is a drag movie, a drag queen movie, no. I,
1: yeah, I once won a drag queen competition, so there we go.
0: That would have been a little bit more exciting, but no, of course. <laughs> this is High School lumber Party, and we're talking Bikini Beach. Excited about that on our San Emilio Island USA summer. Have there been any
1: drag queen high school movies?
0: Um, I've had, like, parts in movies, but not like yeah, a... Yeah, like a
1: character, first. but not like a... Drag queen centric. Not that there's really that many. I can't, I don't know. I can't Yeah, two Wong Fu. <laughs> what you yeah.
0: <laughs> well, again, guys, it's High School Slumber Party, the podcast. we meet some friends, look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school centric films. Haven't said that in a while because it's been, we've been having our hot girl summer here. Felt like I needed a proper introduction today. Kyle Reinfried, of course, the foodie films man, has been joining me on some of these Beachy, well, all the beach party movies and all the beachy films, but a lot of the movies this summer. Kyle, how ha- have, have you been? Just drinking
1: uh, some delicious cocktails on San Emilio with you, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been having a good time. It's August. I feel like the summer's going by so fast. Uh, I
1: know. It's always depressing because, like, I mean, my birthday's, what, middle of June, but I always considered, like, June the first summer month, even, you know? Before school even ended back in the day, it's June, July, August, in my mind, is summer. Not like the solstice and every all that shit. No, but
0: I think, I mean, in the United States, we consider Memorial Day the start of summer. And yeah, like oh, definitely, end yeah. Of Ju- it, end of May, so yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, Memorial Day to Labor Day, that is, like, the summer. Point being, my birthday being in June, yours is towards the end of August, so it's like, it's always like, my birthday, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, it's the summer, it's the summer, and then once your birthday, it's like, ah, summer's coming to an end, coming to an end. Yep, You ruin everything is my point.
0: Yes, I do ruin everything. But I do want to remind the slumbers, (laughs) as the sun starts to set on our summer, wow, that's depressing, to check out the previous episodes of High School Slumber Party that we've been doing this summer. And, of course, you can check them out where you're listening today, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, or at the archive at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. And you and I have done what? Beach Party, Gidget, which is not in the Beach Party oeuvre, but Muscle Beach Party, and now we have Bikini Beach today. But we've also done a lot of other cool stuff this summer, including a High School Slumber Party AP episode on Kid 90 with Sole Moon Fry. I did that, of course, with Island Addington, so check that out as well. Foodie Films, your show, Kyle, still on hiatus, correct?
1: Correct, correct.
0: It'll be back at some point, but definitely check that out. Wanted to also mention, I'm really, really enjoying... The class participation on social media. A lot of great comments. Um, I actually wanted to read one because it was interesting. Listener Bunny Carlos had a really, really good point on Instagram. Thank you, Bunny Carlos, for, of course, being a good class participator. Sing
1: Bunny or Buddy? Bunny. Oh. It's
0: a bunny. Uh, that feels like a surf name, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I, it's, <laughs> bunny I, I Carlos. Specifically, I re- early, one of my earliest notes for today was, uh, they, they say Beach Bunnies.
0: Beach Bunnies, yes. Those are the ladies surf crew, if you will. But uh, Bunny Carlos, this is, was the comment. Because I think it was referring to our thing of saying like the Midwesterners. You know, these movies were made for the Midwesterners. Sure. And he said... You also must remember that back in the day, it took days to get from a cold landlocked state to the warm sunny beach. So these movies were almost like watching Nat Geo. That's a really good point. Like, we can get into a plane and, you know, in the jet age, which was just the early 60s are starting the jet age, but it's still very expensive. If we were in the Midwest, what, we can get there in a couple hours and it's probably not going to cost that much. At the time, you had to drive. And what kind of teenager was doing that?
1: Oh, totally. And just look at like what early on in the pandemic, when we really like were locked down, mm-hmm. what people were doing, and what like people that know, like are you know, are doctors. People that know what they're talking about are like, yeah, watch travel shows, like stimulate yourself in that sense. Like people were making also funny videos, like holding like the suitcase on the treadmill and just like (laughs) like going to the airport or like making, pretending like a window is an airplane window, like using their imagination in that sense. But there were a lot of like medical officials that are like, no, you got it. Yeah. Like watch some travel shows, get some stimulation. Sure. You might be sad that you're not doing it and you're missing it, but that's better than just like, you know, the world is a bigger place now is my point being
0: bigger and smaller, right? Cuz we can get to places yes, faster, yes, so exactly. smaller in that yeah. sense. But bigger in a sense that like, I don't know, the more of the world's your oyster, I guess. Yeah. But I thought it was like such an excellent point. If you're some kid from Minnesota, your hopes of going to California are probably like, "Hey, mom, dad, I'm leaving home and going to California." You know, it wasn't like, "Let's spend the weekend in California or Florida or anything like that." Crazy to think about.
1: Yeah, truly.
0: <laughs> but today, Bikini Beach the third in the what's beach it party called? The, the beach yeah, the Beach Party verse, the American International Pictures set of Beach Party movies. And again, guys, if you really want to learn about the other Beach Party movies, listen to our previous episodes. We're not gonna go into all the details. Same director, William Asher, stuff like that. But this movie made me think of two people on the Cage Club Podcast Network, Kyle.
1: Oh, oh, okay. I know definitely one, right? That they had their own uh, monkey.
0: Well, I wasn't even thinking them, right? Oh, yeah, okay. there's a monkey in this movie, but we'll get to that. But I was thinking of our beloved co-founders Joey Lewandowski and Mike Manzi. F- first, with Joey, and I do want to give him a shout out because this went over both of our heads last time we were on and talking Muscle Beach Party. Yes, there was a there was a spoiled rich contessa, uh-huh. if you recall, and Joey pointed out the play on words that that's supposed to be.
1: What what What's that?
0: Spoiled rich contessa.
1: That's... I would have never thought about that because I have never used that word. Would, <laughs> would just never even think about that. That's just not part of my lexicon. Yeah. So I'm just... Uh, I mean, kudos to him, I guess. But boy, <laughs> yeah. What a filthy, filthy word.
0: In all seriousness, it made <laughs> me watch this movie today in yeah. different eyes. Because there's a lot of sexual innuendo that you really got to pay attention for i just assume again everyone in this era is innocent but they're not and that was just one of them in the previous movie uh muscle beach party that they were just trying to sneak in there sneak past the censors and speaking of muscle beach party this is the same year 1964 so they made two of these beach party movies in the same year and they did not shoot them back to back they shot muscle beach party they screened it made their money and they were like Let's do Bikini Beach. Let's do it next week. Well, what did you say? That
1: Muscle Beach was like an Easter break movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is now the summer. So even in that world, it is supposed to be like these movies came out in our world in the same year. And then these stories take place in the same year.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was thinking of Joey because of uh, his podcast on the network, Too Fast, Too Forever. A lot of racing in this film
1: yeah 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 definitely it could it could uh be uh don't they if you if you
0: patreon yeah i am a patron of too fast to forever i could have recommended this film if i wanted to
1: yeah i think you should
0: maybe i, I will in in an upcoming lap and of course the other co-founder of the Kate Club podcast network mike Mansey. mike Mansy, of course hosts third times a charm which is a podcast about the third film in a franchise. And he actually asked me, are there any high school films that have re- a really good third movie in the franchise? And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I can't think of too many. But then it was this. This yeah. is the third in the franchise. So was thinking of him as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know where... I know Like the last time, if memory serves me correctly, I said Gidget and then Muscle Beach, then Beach Party, maybe? Did I say...
0: Yeah, we'll figure out where we yeah. grade this one. I oh, no, this but... one stands, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some fun moments, but we're yes. definitely... Yeah, now I'm looking forward to talking. We're definitely getting into the wacky realm in this one. <laughs> one of the things I read in the uh, IMDb trivia is that, or it might have been in the week, whatever, it was somewhere online, that they uh, did a survey to see what the kids were enjoying about these movies because the first two were a success. They knew they wanted to make more. They had plans for a lot more. And the survey that they put out said that it wasn't so much the surfing, it was more just like the wacky hijinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the romance between Frankie and Dee So right. this, is, this one, while there's a lot of surfing, and it of course it's called Bikini Beach, this one will start a path that veers it a little bit away from the beach mm-hmm. and into other realms. Again, we'll get that Sergeant Deadhead movie. Pajama Party, I think, technically is the next one. We'll go away from the beach a little bit. Um, This is like that, you know, even in the Fastiverse, there's like a couple transitional movies where it goes from street racing to a heist movie, like Fast Five and stuff. We're starting to see that, I guess. Of course, we're not going to cover the ones that are not at the beach this summer. We might cover them another time. But I think this will be the last one for now of the beach party movies. We'll do this trilogy. But... Very interesting to see where this is turning because this is a wacky, wacky movie.
1: Yeah, definitely is getting pretty silly, just in the sense of I mean, I know we're going to go into depth, but there is, as we said, a chimpanzee. uh, (laughs) There's a plot, yeah, so a plot with a chimpanzee. uh, You get the rats back in from the first movie. You get Don Rickles is in it, and he's totally. He, we we get a split second. He's like, "Yeah, I used to be that guy," and then that's it. There's a werewolf. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's 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 a whole. And kudos to them. I'm, you can call me. I if someone called me a fucking idiot, I would be like, yeah, okay, yeah, definitely was. Totally didn't recognize that that was Frankie Avalon. <laughs> I looked at that because no, because also like I was like, oh, like this is such a cheesy like right away. I was like, this is such a cheesy accent, and I got, and I I don't think I said this last time, but it definitely was on my mind that I'm like, 1964, like, that is forever in my head. Anyone that loves music, that is the year of the British invasion, and so I was really curious how that was going to fold into it, and there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about that, but specifically with this uh, potato bug character, right away I'm like oh man that's such a cheesy accent where's this guy from <laughs> and then I went on to an IMDB and there's a different person credited as Potato Bug and they have a profile there's no picture but I'm like all right whatever maybe this was the only thing ever and it says like Chicago Illinois so I was just like oh okay and I just like suck that information <laughs> into it and then all of a sudden I was like wait a minute and then like I went on Wikipedia and like you know looked into it or whatever.
0: Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about Potato Bug because the cast largely largely remains the same here. But what you're hitting on, Kyle, though, this is a very 1964 movie. This movie's starting to remind me of things like the parodies we got, like The Naked Gun and things like that. Okay. Where if you watch them, they're funny, but they're very much they very much have in jokes of that year. You know what I mean? They're not they're not necessarily timeless. Remember, there's like a scary movie with Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? (laughs) When he was like really popular that like these movies are time capsules. They're what do you call it? You know, they're slapsticky, but they're not timeless. Slapsticky. There's so many things that were talking points in 1964. Yes. And I I definitely want to get into them, including the British invasion. That's a huge part of it. But before that, let's let's read the back of the DVD to just bring you up to speed on Bikini Beach. Frankie and Annette are back for another sexy sand fest by the California shore <laughs> to welcome Potato Bug, a wacky British mop-headed singer who just way out of place on the sun warm sand. A lot of sand in that sentence. <laughs> and those sands just get hotter when the Beach Party gang pull out all the stops recruiting Harvey Limbeck, Don Rickles, and the music of Stevie Wonder to prove that that in addition to the skin and skimpy swimsuits, bikini beach has hip shaken torso-rattling soul, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the summer beach party is in full swing when the charismatic Britpop idol Potato Bug pitches his tent in the sand <laughs> and sends the girls swooning. A jealous Frankie, determined to exterminate the stiff upper-lipped pest, challenges the English crooner to a drag race. Sending the party into high gear and climaxing in a picture packed, oh <laughs> sorry, in a picture packed with surfing, speed, slapstick, and sex. All right, it's it's a little bit uh more risque than I thought it was going to be.
1: So so that that's the back of the VHS DVD, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in there you get um because this is a perfect example of like what this movie is. In that you got Potato Bug and beach and they mentioned drag racing okay Mm -hmm. and the little plot on imdb which i know is not like official stuff but this is just kind of perfect it sounds like you know the plots of two different movies the i'll read the first brief one a millionaire sets out to prove his theory that his pet chimpanzee is an intelligent (laughs) is as intelligent as the teenagers who hang out on the local beach where he is intending to build a retirement home that's a movie that is a movie right there. Like you could create a movie around that. You and then could. what you read, when you yeah, no, you could you could. I'm not saying it's going to be good, but that's like enough of a plot with these movies and like if you just had that many more there's only, like, one surfing montage in Bikini Beach. Point being, like, that could be a movie, and what you read is obviously part of the movie that we watched as well. It could be its own movie in via description.
0: It's just crazy. These movies, as we've seen, uh, William Asher and the whole crew here at American International will throw, like, four or five plots at this and kind of just see what sticks. It, it's crazy. It's, like, insane. <laughs> Again, I can't believe there's a chimp in this, but let's go through the cast. Um, of course, Annette Funicello is back as the lovable Dee Dee, and Frankie Avalon is back as Frankie in the dual role, though, as Potato Bug. Potato Bug, of course, is a type of beetle. He was supposed to be an amalgamation of all Beatles, but you're so right, Kyle. It's 1964. It's early British Invasion. They don't quite know who the Beatles are, and it's just like a bunch of Austin Powers-y... British stereotypes.
1: Which is also why I I said Austin Powers is because of the dual role. So you got Mm -hmm. Austin Powers, Doctor Evil kind of vibe,
0: you know? For sure. And Austin Powers is a slapsticky movie. It's like in line with this. On the DVD, apparently, the creator William Asher said he had written the part for the Beatles, but then when he couldn't get them, he had Frankie Avalon do it. Most people say that that's complete bullshit, including the cast. One, the Beatles, it was well known that they had signed with United Artists and were doing Hard Day's Night and things like that. So there was no chance they were going to get the Beatles. It's, to me, and I think to all the viewers, like, it was never intended to be the Beatles. It was supposed to mock the Beatles. Especially when you have music in this, right? You have a guy like Frankie Avalon who, that's the music that the Beatles is replacing, essentially, in teenagers' minds, right? Like that crooner, heartthrob, Kind of music like the British invasion is running counter to that, so of course Frankie Avalon would be probably chomping at the bit to play this dual role in the silly movie, you know, because these are kind of his rivals.
1: Yeah, and uh, something I read supposedly there's uh, a British comedian Terry Thomas that like the uh, accent and the gap uh, tooth is like something very akin to him, supposedly. I didn't bother like looking up a picture.
0: Yeah, and that was again, that's like all they knew about British stuff. Y- yes. You'll see. Bad bad, bad teeth, bowl cut hair, you know, I mean they even have the the
1: skin headband in this is wearing mop tops. I mean that's what that's <laughs> that, point, that, yeah. that's what like parents called at the time. Like my my mom said like my grandfather would be like, oh those you know, those kids need a haircut,
0: you know? <laughs> oh I say that here,
1: Dad. It's the potato bug! Ah! Oh, look at him! There's nobody in the whole world like him!
0: Oh, I wouldn't say that.
1: I would. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's get off this kick. Maybe the potato bug will sing something. Ah! Righto. Just a few measures.
0: Ah! As we've said in a couple of these other movies, people didn't quite get what a British accent was like. Like, that comedian does actually have a British accent because he is British. Frankie Avalon as Potato Bug, that's a really crappy British accent.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, there's... I mean, besides it being crappy, be- yeah, people didn't realize, you know, even with the Beatles being on TV at that point, it's like, yeah, that's what Liverpool sounds like. And, then and, they, they they,
0: and Frankie doesn't even do a good version of that. We also weren't hearing a lot of the Beatles at, at that point. We're hearing their records and stuff, but we hadn't yet, like, really gotten into their personalities, you know? Again, this is early Beatles.
1: Yeah, yeah. there was, I forget. I have to look it up right now. But there was, there is a really great early album that's recorded from the BBC. That I, that I have on, I believe I have it on my phone, but uh, in between the songs, it's like, since they're on the radio, they uh, have interviews, and so, like, early on, I'm not, I, but obviously that's not to the mass public, I also recognize.
0: No, I mean, Beatles' Ed Sullivan Show is 1964. And, oh, and the guy you mentioned, by the way, on IMDb, that's actually the body double, because they had to use a lot of body doubles for Frankie Avalon when they're in, like, the shots together, like, where you just see the back of uh, Potato Bug's head. Gotcha. Like I knew that it was the dual role because I read um, something like right before the movie. But you're you're right in a sense, Kyle, that he does do a pretty good job, or at least disguise wise, right? Because he doesn't really look like Frankie Avalon, even though the, the disguise is pretty simple. It was so convincing that a lot of people on the cast did not realize, like extras and stuff, that that was Frankie Avalon, which I think is great.
1: Yeah, it even plays a part in like the story that he's like trying to fool uh, Dee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Muscle Beach Party gave us a lot of casting surprises. This had a lot less of them, so I'm just going to go through quickly. Um, Keenan Wynn, who was a pretty successful character actor at the time, he plays Harvey Huntington Honeywagon the Third, Triple H, mm-hmm. if you will. Honeywagon, I don't know if you read, was the bathroom truck on a film s- set at the time. His nickname supposed to be like Porta Potty. Or his name <laughs> supposed to be like Porta Potty. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like the end joke there. You're right, Kyle. Eric von Zippa is back one of your favorite characters. <laughs> is he the Chip Chipperson of his day?
1: He is. He is <laughs> yeah. Because I'm Eric von Zippa. Oh, and that's also, there's a portrait of Hitler Mussolini, and I don't know who that was in between. You're better at history than I am. Did you see that?
0: I saw it, and I forgot who was in between. Because, like, yeah, I, I looked not recognize... Like, the Hitler and Mussolini.
1: Yeah, that's fucking crazy. And the fucking werewolf is sitting there, and a guy named what was his name? South Dakota. Yeah, South Dakota Slim. Jesus Christ. So
0: South Dakota. So this is what I'm talking about. 1964. It's very into pop culture. 64. South Dakota Slim is a parody of what's the pool movie?
1: Uh oh. The, I'm thinking of
0: like the stupid sequel. That's The sequel's good too. But the, the hustler. The hustler. Yeah. Minnesota Fats is Jackie Gleason's character. Yeah,
1: that totally... Yeah. How'd that... That went right over my
0: head. So this is South Dakota Slim. Yeah. That's Silly. Hilarious. The werewolf guy was somebody who won a contest. They put a <laughs> contest in like a... One of those Hollywood magazines. Sure. And it was like whoever could do the best personal makeup would win a walk-on role in the movie Bikini Beach. And this kid, he won the prize and they're like, alright, we're gonna put you in a random scene and that's what they did. And they,
1: but they chose to put him in a werewolf costume?
0: No, that's his makeup. Or that's
1: his makeup. Okay.
0: Yeah, you had to send in pictures, like whoever could do the best makeup. Okay. You you send in pictures, and the winner. Would be would pay hundred fifty dollars and just put in the random in a random scene. It's so weird. Oh my
1: god! <laughs> I mean, the last movie had like an Igor, or I you know, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, but
0: this one like just a little bit more silliness.
1: Yeah, this is now. I mean, t- you know, like it fits into movies that you cover, Twilight. You know,
0: it's just, just... <laughs> no. I mean, Twilight I think has a little bit more structure than this. <laughs> what were we saying? But yeah, the professor. Has a monkey, and as you mentioned, it's an ape. It's an ape, yes. And his thing is to just like the first one, yes. Where they're trying. They're trying to allude to. He also wants to prove that the the teenagers on the beach are primitive. But his his goal here is because he like he owns a nursing home, and I don't know. He wants to expand it or something.
1: Yeah, I like the name they, because they show a sign before like the first even the song begins, and it's called Siesta by the Sea.
0: Yeah. Our Usuals are back, too. We have John Ashley as Johnny. We have uh, Jody McRae as Deadhead again. So he's played Deadhead in three straight movies. He's going to be in a lot of other Beach Party movies, but this might be either the last time or the 2nd last time he plays Deadhead. Because in later films, for whatever reason, like Pajama Party, which is the next movie in the series, he's called Big Lunk. All right. Why not just keep him as Deadhead? And he actually is in Beach Blanket Bingo and had to stuff a stuff-a-wild bikini, and he's bonehead in that. Why? <laughs> Why? And then, of course, your favorite, Candy Johnson, is back using her ass to, to paralyze people once again.
1: Yeah, I I don't recall in Muscle Beach if there were that many callbacks to the first film or references.
0: There was a couple, but this one had way. This more This one was much
1: much more with the finger, and they just really Jesus Christ, talk about running a joke into the into the ground, just like oh, ah <laughs> giving himself the finger, gave like, himself the finger, yeah. And then they they do they mention like they they don't say his name, but they say like oh the guy studying like you know. I don't don't think they say anthropology. Do they say studying sex or whatever? Like they something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: they say sex a lot in this too.
1: So much. Yeah. So there's there's quite a few things like that. And then like you're even saying it's almost kind of like a rehash, which we talked about last time. That like because rats, you know, the rats gang wasn't in it. Uh, But you know, like, but then we were saying that he was definitely going to come back in this one. So point being, they're kind of retreading some plots uh, with you know. So now there's an older person again and they're not you know associating well it's not as it's not as yes i mean he has a he has a chimpanzee so it's silly in that sense he's (laughs) not as silly of a character no but think of what we're saying yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) but he has a chimpanzee um their connections to both the movies like um animal that character is back she's played by a different person though um meredith mccray is the actor And she was actually in the first Beach Party, just as in, like, kind of an extra. And she has been promoted to Animal. I guess they couldn't get the other actor. All right. By the way, the monkey's named Clyde.
1: Yes, Clyde the the Chimp.
0: Clyde the Chimp, yes. Uh, If you're keeping score at home. We'll get into some of the other surprises a little bit later. Some of the surprise actors that I know um, you want to talk about because you alluded to last time. But we have to mention, again, like you said, Don Rickles is back. This time as Big Drag, which seems like a different character, but... You're right, when asked about it, it, he's like, no, I was that guy in the last movie, essentially, he says. Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, I was that guy, (laughs) but I'm not anymore. It's like, all right. I'm out of the family business. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody hack it this time, but we do get Don Rickles. And I have to say something like, yes, the movie's so dumb that you could walk into it and not know anything about the first two movies. However, there are so many connections to the first two movies that, like... You kind of have to know some things if you care enough, if that makes sense. Yeah, but... Eric Von Zipper doesn't get a proper introduction this time. He just shows up and you're supposed to know him. I think that's a good example.
1: Yeah, and the whole finger thing, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the finger thing
0: for sure, because that's weird. Even uh, Candy's ass thing, you know? Like, yeah. not that we we have an origin story where we learn how she got her, her, her dancing powers. No, but, but
1: someone literally says, Candy, get up there and, like you know, kill them with your, you know. Yeah, and spring, it just happens. Yeah. You're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just so much more reference to the violence in it. It's like somebody gets thrown through the wall and they're like, oh, I'm too young to die. And yeah. Like, oh, there's just so much stuff like that.
0: Oh, and speaking of Candy, this is the only film in the Beach Party franchise that she has a, a line of dialogue. So good for her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she begins the movie. She is sitting next to... Frankie and Dee Dee on this Mad Max style now truck that they are all driving in on. Which, can we just say, what the fuck? So like, they have a trailer that all the women are in, and then the guys like, we aren't on the beach a lot in this movie, but we see them all just like, sleeping like it's like uh, like a war camp or something? (laughs) On top of this, like, the bed of this truck? It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I couldn't find where this one was shot, but... All three beaches looked a little bit different. And this one looked more like the beach in Gidget. In a sense, too, that it was more like, or sorry, I should say less developed than the other beaches, right? Like, mm-hmm. where it seemed like a camp out for the summer rather than, let's rent a house.
1: Yeah. Did they name the beach in the first two movies?
0: Uh, it's I don't think they, so. So they shot at Topanga Beach and, and one of the songs is called Topanga Beach.
1: Okay, yeah. So so but yes, like muscle in, muscle in, beach is just muscle beach cuz there's guy muscly guys Yeah on. it wasn't actually called and, Bik- muscle yeah, beach Yeah so I was expecting bikini beach just to be like ah oh, what else is on beaches bikinis and like it begins with uh, like a total like men staring at this woman's ass. Well, yeah, of, like, we'll
0: get to a... we'll get to ass girl. Yeah, <laughs> but like,
1: but that's like clear. I'm like, okay, bikini beach. But then someone at some point is like, yeah, bikini beach, because there is this whole real estate thing going on.
0: Yeah, and there's a sign that says like, welcome to bikini beach. So yeah. that one is called bikini beach. I don't, again, I, it's clearly, I mean, they indicate that it's Topanga in the second one. The first one, I don't think they actually, I think it's just the beach, you know. They didn't know exactly what they were doing at that point. But you're right, Kyle, the car, we're, I don't know if all these movies open in the same way, but all three of them that we've seen open, just, like, driving along a different car every time and, like, telling us what season it is, and we're going to the beach. Yeah. <laughs>
1: First movie is just the two of them in the car, and then it's a surprise that Dee Dee invited everybody. And the second movie, they're following one another. Oh, we don't get uh, what was his name, the uh, musical artist from the first two movies. The uh, like, Sir yeah, the Dick archive?
0: Dick Dale is not here. We have yeah. some of his replacements, including one of the bands, the Pyramids. Which um, I, I know you mentioned, Kyle. But <laughs> they're all bald, <laughs> which is interesting.
1: Yeah, but hey, we get a, a second black guy, so.
0: Yeah, person of <laughs> color in the pyramids. It's a real, it's a real band, which is cool, um, and I think they do a great job. But jarring how bald they are because you just don't see people who bick their heads at that, at, at like yeah, in that era. Ev- in that era, you know,
1: yeah, very, very, very odd in that sense. But yeah, so no Dick Dale because in, the, in Muscle Beach it's F- Frankie and Dee Dee in a car, but then like Dick Dale's with everybody like playing, with, you know in the band in the back of the truck in the last movie and now they're all like fucking muppet style in one car uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just i don't know what the next one's gonna be but i'm uh i'm curious
0: oh one quick note on the cast i, I didn't want to forget this so um the guy who plays south dakota slim timothy carey he's like a very famous character actor of the time. He's got a very distinct face, you know. Yeah. His most recognizable role was the Stanley Kubrick film, The Killing.
1: Oh, wow. I haven't seen that movie in a long, great film. Great film. Really early film of Kubrick's that you start to see his style kind of
0: for sure to
1: show. Uh, but I haven't seen that in a long time.
0: But the, uh, the bit of Beatles trivia with him is he's actually was one of the people, quote unquote, on the cover of Sgt. Pepper. The regular release of Sgt. Pepper, you can't really see him, but he's standing right behind George Harrison. But you know how there's like so many alternate Sgt. Pepper takes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or, or artwork. So thought that was interesting. But yeah, I mean, look, we, this is a movie. We're not going to go linearly. We're not going to just... Of all the three that we've seen, plot, I think, while it has like shoots of it, it means the least in this. There's less surfing, but the songs go on for a really long time. Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of uh not montages, but hour 39 I have as the run time here and really probably an hour 10 at most of things happening.
1: It it felt like the longest. I didn't bother to look back at what the, <laughs> what the times were on. They're all around the same. Yeah, I no, I I knew they were all around like an hour and a half, but it just it felt the longest.
0: So what were some moments early in the film that stuck out to you? Was it the the ape surfing? Was yeah and just literally thinking like that suit must have weighed
1: so much in the water <laughs> but yeah like yeah okay yeah so a fucking chimpanzee surfing and mind you this is four years before P- planet of the apes so then my mind started going everywhere like did this inspire planet of the apes you know potato bug and i definitely like the two songs that he that he sings are are funny like they, they mm-hmm. they're very much mocking the because again, I mean, as I've said, my dad grew up knowing or calling Beach Boys stuff like surf and shit. So yeah, he is much more of a British invasion, but even like later, like rock kind of guy. But at the time, like they were like that that surf culture stuff was kind of making fun of and like intimidated by this British invasion. I mean, and then between the Beach Boys. And the Beatles, I mean, obviously the Beatles are the greater band, but just as far as like pet sounds is one of the you know greatest albums of all time, and that helped inspire uh Sergeant Pepper, so like there was always a correlation kind of and the respect between those two bands, or at least Brian Wilson, I should say, and then the Beatles respect
0: and rivalry,
1: yeah, respect and rivalry, but so this is early, and this is just like let's face it, like at that point we we're you know obviously allies with the british and served in two wars with them but it was still like ah, yeah, they were you know the i mean they make colonist jokes and like oh the colonies oh la la, la. like yeah. uh, that kind of stuff but point being they're just like kind of easy targets and uh so i just really enjoyed like the whatever the first variation was on i think like i want to hold your hand or just mm-hmm. like just much more of the lovey-dovey kind of romantic like puppy love kind of stuff versus like Surf rock in the end of the day is going to be about your car surfing. Yes, there are is going to be some girls and stuff like that, and then obviously every once in a while there's like be true to your school and shit like that. But uh, versus British Invasion is just you know like I want to hold your hand eight days a week, you know, you know all, all that kind of. It, it made me think of Herman's Hermits too. Another big you know Peter Noon from that it was always a kind of like Mrs Brown you've got a lovely daughter you know like that kind of shit.
0: And yeah, it just it's hard for us to fathom to not knowing what the Beatles will do later, right? Not knowing what the British Invasion will turn into or not knowing, like, the Rolling Stones and and musicians like that, like, what'll come later from these bands. So if you just think this, it's like, in a weird sense, for people growing up our age, it's almost like all you knew the Beatles was the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Surf music really didn't, except for, again, the Beach Boys with, like, Pet Sounds, which is just so Brian Wilson-driven, um and acid driven (laughs) uh like surf music didn't evolve with the times british invasion music not all of it obviously but you just name beatles and the stones and even kind of the zombies a little bit and then you know there's plenty of other bands they it evolved with the times and really grew and then so then you get sergeant pepper and then you get uh Rubber and uh, revolver, and then from you know yeah. all, the, all the way to Abbey Road and every every everything like that. But yeah, sur- surf music really didn't evolve. Like if you then start thinking of like later surf music, you think more like reggae. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, then, yeah. And then
1: yeah. no, but like that's like it, it changed. Like the music that surfing culture listened to changed, and then became ska. Like, you know, we actually do see a very, it's a rare thing, I feel like, but we see a skateboard in this movie, which is a very rare item at the time.
0: For sure, for sure. And and you're so right, too. Like, some, like, I'm trying to think, like, uh, I mean, Herman's Hermits is a great example, right? Or, like, bands like Jerry and the Pacemakers. Like, not all those bands evolve, but you'll get, uh, the Kinks, right, will evolve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. The Who. I mean, The Who started as just, like, a silly British invasion band kind of, you know, and then they'll definitely take things to a different level. But they, there was no way they could have known that at the time. It just looked like again, who are these lovey-duddy assholes stealing our girlfriends <laughs> from England coming here? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah,
1: yeah, the next the next fed. Hey, even like uh, so this is 64. i mean, in 68 Elvis had a comeback special, but he he had a comeback, but it's not necessarily like he really changed you know he got a little bit, he did more gospel. I mean, the you know, fun fact I always like to say is Elvis only has two Grammys, and both of them for gospel songs, which is crazy to think about, but it's true. And uh, you know, and then we got like, so, yeah, I know I think it's both of our favorite Elvis songs, Suspicious Minds, is like a later song, mm-hmm. and so it's a little different than obviously Jailhouse Rock and, and uh, Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog and Heartbreak Hotel, but still, he really didn't change that much, he just had a comeback it's like remember there's a fucking king of rock and roll in this country and just kind of reintroducing him to like a little bit of a different generation uh but yeah like you're saying no one had any idea that this music was here to stay and evolve and just be the ultimate like inspiration for generations to come
0: oh for sure definitely um one thing that we also i mean we've alluded to with the drag racing thing how they you know we we're off the beach a lot for <laughs> Uh, p- potatoes come to live on this beach in a tent for the summer and drag race in america that's his true passion as, and as like in every film we've seen someone either tries to you know someone tries at least to lure away didi it's, pota- <laughs> it's potato this time and frankie challenges potato to a drag race i
1: call that drag racing.
0: i don't see him dragging nothing man you sure you want to go for this bit
1: Yeah, Johnny, I'm going to go for this bit. I'm going to go all the way. The winner, Dave Wilkins,
0: in a scalper.
1: Time, 8.10 seconds at 188.66 miles per
0: hour. Which, again, is another big thing that was happening, especially in California. And it's not quite like this, right? Like, yes, there's drag racing like this, but um, think of American Graffiti, which that takes place in 62. But this is like the heyday of... Go into the drive-in with your car and drag racing in the streets, right? Yeah,
1: this is true drag strip racing, not like the hot rod kind of racing.
0: Yeah, I I feel like, and again, who the hell knows? I feel like, what are kids doing these days? Drag racing, and this is how the producer interpreted it, you know? In a more safe way, I guess, like on a track like this. Bikini Beach drag racing strip or whatever. Yeah. But in... But cars were. Get, this was a huge car era. So another real sign of the times with this drag racing element.
1: Yeah, there there is a huge chase at the end, but also what you're saying, like what's popular, and then what was more like financially probably like you know shooting in the. Oh sense yeah, that's
0: a good call. That's a good call. They're trying to make these movies as cheap as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean. Look, any other scenes or things you want to talk about before we get to the ending, of course? I know we're not going into much. Oh, oh, sorry. I did want to mention this. So, Potato Bug has an assistant <laughs> who's called the Ladybug. Yes. And if you read the credits, it's really confusing because Danielle Aubrey plays the Ladybug. But I don't know if you noticed, Kyle, her voice is dubbed in the movie?
1: It, yeah, yeah. Did I read something like it's the director or producer's wife?
0: Yeah, Elizabeth Mont- Montgomery, who, of course, is Samantha Stevens from Bewitched, was the uh, William Asher's wife. And she's the voice of this character. I have no idea why. Like, maybe she couldn't be in the movie, but they're like, oh, we'll get your voice in, honey. Huh. Or maybe, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I love Elizabeth Montgomery. I think she's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. I had a big crush on her back in the
0: day. I was surprised. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I grew up with a lot <laughs> of those shows. I was definitely, like, watched a lot of... Uh... What was then the TV land kind of stuff. Um, yeah, things. I mean, I think what perfectly, you know, like you said, like someone is after Dee Dee in this movie and then like f- they they don't. There's like so much like, oh, OK, so they're she's supporting him again. They're back together. But just an early online that's just like, oh, this is a reminder that Frankie and Dee Dee have this. Kind of thing with their relationship where when they pull onto the beach and, you know, the girls are in the little RV that the big truck is pulling and the guys are just sitting, sleeping in the back of the flatbed. And he's like, oh, while the children are asleep, like, why don't we, you know, like do something or hang out? And she's like, until I hear wedding bells, I'm children, too. It's like, oh, all right. She keeps them legs tight.
0: <laughs> she wants to get married so bad. So bad. And I was thinking about this, right? Like how it's hard to tell people's ages. Well, one, they're played by older actors. But two, we're not sure if people are in high school or college. And really, college was not that big of a deal back then. No, not at all. No. So it was almost indistinguishable between a high schooler and a college person, if that makes sense. It was just almost—it was literally continued education. It wasn't that step that we would later see, not just in American culture, but in film, right? Like, it's such a big deal in high school movies later, like, when someone graduates or someone goes to college. And this yeah. is just like, they're the young people. It, it was like, if you're not married, you're a young person having fun. And if you are married you're getting you're, you're pumping the kids out you know
1: go to college uh you know like you're saying yeah after after this like even my you know my parent neither of them went to college it's like kind of in that's early 70s like that's when then it started kind of changing it really changed for like i feel like generation x also this is before uh i think vietnam had started but this is before the draft so that's also a big thing that changed up a lot for like people to you know just end up getting married and buying a house right away too yeah.
0: For sure that's a good point uh, this is definitely feels pre-vietnam these movies yes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um,
1: let's see other things I liked in this movie we get two or three scenes with those two cops and they're just like, oh they're not gonna believe us and like we better get some coffee and it's like I'm gonna be back on the hooch just like these random two cops that just have like these bit lines yeah and when, when they see the uh, when they see Clyde driving around.
0: Which, which again, is the ape, mind you, for those of you keeping score at home.
1: Yes, exactly. Clyde surfs, he drives, and then he he drag races and he dances. Those are like the four things that that guy's trying to prove. And guys, if
0: we haven't done a good enough job, it's a guy in an ape suit, and this is a famous dude who used to do this. His name was uh, Janos or Janos Prohaska. Um, He he played an ape. (laughs) Let me see. I was I was reading this earlier. He played an ape on or the monkey. And sometimes, sometimes it's the gorilla, sometimes it's the ape, but it's all the same thing. Uh The Lucy Show, Perry Mason, a bunch of stuff like that. He's in like several Star Trek episodes, so he was famous for playing this ape. I, guess. I wonder if he
1: played the ape in uh, Two Thousand One: Space Odyssey in like you know i mean there's a bunch of them but like you know like in the beginning
0: mm, i mean i don't see it in his filmography but that's a really good call it's, yeah it's it definitely very
1: in his filmography because that would be like the best thing ever like
0: in that yeah movie. it's very similar to that though so yeah yeah guys out there if you're wondering what this ape looks like and you didn't do your homework your unofficial homework that's what yeah it
1: is. it's one of those like costumes that's not like you're really seeing the eyes like i mean i know also in planet of the apes they're like humanoid apes, but like that makeup, I mean, it was also ended up winning like an Oscar. They really use like the human eyes in there versus this is like one of those masks that the eyes are like a little too far back and they're just dull, you know, kind of like doll's eyes. Oh, we we said before the, I mentioned the bikini girl in the beginning.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to get into that. So we get these bikini ass shots like throughout the film. She's just walking around.
1: That's like the only part. It's like, okay, like, so the name of the beach is Bikini Beach and begins looking at it. But I'm like, I feel like there could have been like a better name for this Chimp Beach. I don't know. Chimp Beach. Or just, like, dra- drag race. <laughs> oh, well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would be better. Something with the race, racing, because that makes sense. But I think, Kyle, they're doing, like, what we used to do, like, in high school, with thinking about movies we might want to, like, write or create. Come up with a title first and figure out the rest of the shit later. <laughs> yeah, and
1: also, let's face it, like, I mean, Bikini is, you know, in the end, I like, give air quotes right now, sex and sex sells, so. Yeah, of course.
0: Like, oh, more girls in bikinis. That's the point of these movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, these are dumb make-out movies that you, you know, you bring your... T- teenage girlfriend too and you know you watch the pretty girls and the pretty guys and just the silliness is going on around you and maybe you're laughing maybe you're not even paying attention or you're at the drive-thru right and either sneak a kiss or you go and get get a soda during the movie right like you don't really need to focus on these movies
1: and you say that and which uh brings me to um is it called the pit stop his place I believe so. Right, is... I think Don Rickles now plays as as whatever his character's name is. I did drag. Yeah, strike. we don't
0: get we don't get Maury Amsterdam in this. It's Don Rickles kind of in that role of like the running the surf shack. Essentially, yeah, yeah, exactly. Here it's a drag shack.
1: Two things with that. One simple thing, which I'm like, huh? Like he when uh, when the older guy goes in or whatever, and uh, with the uh, teacher right that's defending the youngsters. Uh, he says, we don't serve booze, only beers and soft drinks. I don't know if this is a really obvious thing, especially for someone that has a food-based podcast, but I never thought, are they called soft drinks because, like, hard liquor, soft drinks?
0: Oh, I mean, I always assume that.
1: I just, I, I just a simple, hey, didn't recognize Frankie Avalon was playing two characters, so co- color me a dullard.
0: No, I mean, I, I. I, I thought that, but it might not. That might I just not always,
1: be you know, because then you think like soft serve ice cream. I'm like, oh, is that something to do with like pressing? No, it
0: button? is. I just looked it up. It is like. It totally makes sense.
1: Know. I just never. I just, I guess I never heard the two things side by side.
0: Yeah. It, it's like, oh, if it, like you don't want the hard stuff, here's a soft drink.
1: Yeah. 100% makes sense. But that's just something that I had like a little revel, <laughs> revelation towards. But then the thing that kind of plays towards the end of the movie is we have. Not only he owns a surf club, he at least runs that drag strip, but he's doing these Jackson Pollock type paintings.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I definitely want to talk about that. I thought you were going to say, though, that the fact that it's like, oh, no booze, we just have beer and soda. For <laughs> you
1: know, yeah, Yes, I'm sorry. That actually was my... That was like... <laughs> point, like a, a and B, to my first point, was, like, the, the soft and hard, and I forgot to say, yeah, like, oh, we only got beers and soft drinks for the kids.
0: But I guess at the time, beer just was not considered, because we saw it in Gidget, too, where he's like, oh, you know, here's a beer. Because
1: Pilsners, as we know, it's like, we think of the craft beer now of, like, 9.2% or whatever. This is I'm sure the beer is, like, you know, 3.5 or something. Yeah,
0: like that. yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> so, sorry, yes, the other thing, and I'm glad you bring it up, Kyle, is... Don Rickles as big drag, he's also a modern art painter, which, you know, it's making fun of kind of that Jackson Pollock thing, which the late 50s and early 60s are famous for this like new movement, uh, this modernist painting movement, like abstract expressionalism, if you will. And it's something that the mainstream did not understand. They would see in Time Magazine that these Jackson Pollock paintings would go for so many thousands of thousands of dollars and be like, what? How is that a painting? you know, yeah. people still kind of say that today, but it's, but I think we have more of appreciation for abstract art. It was so new to them, and so like isn't the Mona Lisa the greatest painting? That's not like that, you know, yeah so,
1: yeah, and Don Rickles even has some kind of line he's like yeah like i'm just gonna I'm not gonna sell these, and then when I'm not here anymore, you know they're gonna go for so much money he's like and they're gonna look at them and go, "Look at this, it's a real drag." <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, we'll talk about the paintings when we talk about the ending, but uh, was there anything else in here that. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, so, okay, it's later in the film that I think. I was. What's it? Deadhead? Is that his name?
0: <laughs> yeah, in this one at least. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah. Yeah, he he says it, like, ass. He's like, yeah, I used to be Jack Fanny, so I have that written down. Uh, the Pyramids, I put Black Guitar Player. Uh, Potato Bug, he's like, woo woo woo. So, totally doing the very Paul McCartney kind of thing um uh, Clyde dances with Candy
0: um we get a couple scenes at this uh the drag race hangout spot or whatever and they are long
1: yes <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: they are long Eric Von Zipper loves Honey Wagon
1: oh you're you're an idol of mine and then but then he ends up betraying him because Honey Wagon is cha- his mind is changed by the teacher
0: which i really didn't like it, it was like whatever to me
1: <laughs> yeah exactly but then like he even be- he's like a strong older guy that beats up a couple of the the rats gang uh yeah they get married there's a whole bunch of so many like little subplots
0: yeah which is like whatever i guess you know the biggest ones are it's building to this like big drag race which is again the will they won't they with, with Frankie and Didi is <laughs> yeah. insane because they actually like make up again halfway through this movie
1: yeah yeah they make up again and then it's just like at the end it's just like okay but be careful like it's, yeah, like, it's like I gotta
0: do the drag race anyway it's like what all right yeah it's
1: like catching <laughs> the, the 20-foot wave at the end last movie now it's just like I gotta live like he's just like oh you're already like you want to get marry me you're already like putting me in the grave or yeah, I don't know, st- stupid stuff like that. But yeah, it really, it leads to this last drag race where, so Eric Von Zipper is like, ends up being the main bad guy, not Honey Wagon. And Eric Von Zipper wants to show how bad these surfer kids are so that he plans on messing up potato bugs, drag racer. And so that people think that Frankie messed with it and it makes the surfer kids look bad because he's Eric von Zipper, uh, which I gave a Bill Burness to it right there. <laughs> but uh, they mess up and they do something to Frankie's. And, Which is inconsequential
0: in the end of the day,
1: <laughs> no, and yeah, because it ends up that Eric von Zipper has to run up and admit that he's like that was supposed to be potato bugs, I mean bah
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the real real car chase, like the drag race was kind of a drag yeah it was a it was a big letdown, yes, there's a fire or whatever, but it's I, I'm sorry if you're a fan of that kind of drag racing out there. I apologize. I never really got into it. Like, they have it on ESPN at like two in the morning, right? And the race lasts for like 10 seconds, and people are like, oh, you know, I'm not a car guy, so maybe that's why. Yeah, but, but it's just
1: like they literally, I mean, like, number one, Potato Bug is trying to beat his own record and does, but then the chimp ends up beating the record, and I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever, there. But yeah, it's just like it's races that are done in like around seven something, you know, seconds. So, yeah, I don't get it either. But, yeah, it leads to this big chase.
0: On the back lot. On the back lot. Yeah,
1: exactly. Every kind of vehicle is being used. There's motorcycles. Eric Von Zipper is in
0: a go-kart. Which, uh, the I forgot his name, but at the end, if you look at the credits, it said West Coast Go-Kart Champion was the person who, <laughs> who did the go-kart uh, scenes and stuff. It wasn't Von Zipper. Surprise, surprise. Oh, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> But of course, I, we bring this up because it leads to, once again, a big ending, which is a fight at the Surfer Hangout.
1: And they are hitting one another. It's Each fight more... is getting
0: more and more violent. Yeah, from... there's
1: okay. Yeah, so there's more kissing in this movie. Dee, Dee is showing more navel, which was a big thing with uh, uh, Annette in the whole beginning of this, and Disney and everything like that. Don't show navel. So we're getting more kissing, we're getting na- navels, and we're getting these... Yeah, more like, not bloody fights, but more violent fights uh, that just, yeah, the hitting that's going on is just intense and like glass bottles over the heads
0: and just crazy stuff like this. They're upping the ante. And I honestly, is it everyone versus the rats at this point? By the way, some of those mice girls were pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Eric Von Zipper's gang. But was was it uh, just a melee? Like, I don't understand. It doesn't seem... Like even, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it is just it's the surfers versus, and then all they have is like Potato Bug, his uh, ladybug, and then the and then the professor guy. So it's not like that many other people on the surf side versus then the true uh, true racers. But yeah, I, yeah, no, it still is like lopsided. But yeah, they uh, do their their thing, and it ends. You know, Eric von Zipper ends up getting right. He freezes again, right? And so Frankie's just like he fingers ah. himself. Yeah, he fingers himself. <laughs>
0: That's so, what yeah. they say in the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then Frankie's just like it's just very like uh Roddy Dangerfield, oh we're all gonna get laid. He's like, hey, he fingered himself. The fight's over. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just ends. Um throwback to the Muscle Beach party is that the drag race hangout shack, whatever the drag stop, I guess. The drag stop drag is pit. the drag pit it's called? Okay. The that. drag pit is painted with the animation from the second film you know and i I know they were had a lot of paintings of that artist in in the second film as well but this we don't get an animated sequence from the sec like we do in the second film but we do get the artwork which is also again being destroyed because people are going through walls a lot in this one yes did you see did you see the one time when like they threw someone on a wall and they put like a a sign that was like a looney tunes quote. yeah exactly. like he went that away or something like those lines oh yeah gets, Wacky. yeah exactly Wacky. Yeah, very
1: looney tune so in this like last scene during the fight and then post fight we get our last two awesome cameos so during the fight it's teased throughout the film that there's this guy that wants to buy Don Rickles or he drag strips art He's like, I, I don't want to sell it. And then, like, we don't hear anything. We don't see the guy's face. We just see his back. And he's just like, it's not for sale. And the whole joke in making fun of again that Jackson Pollock and people not understanding is that Clyde the chimp is painting a painting during all this. He's also throwing paint on the pyramids on the band. He's throwing paint on other on Don Rickles. But he's doing a very similar Jackson Pollocky mm. kind of painting on a canvas and this mysterious character comes in and is just like, I like this one. Like, I want to buy this one. And he's like that. One. And Don Rickles is all like ashamed by it or whatever. And so that cameo is Boris Karloff.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Boris Karloff, horror film legend. And that's another thing that made me think of Mike Mansey. Cause of course he has a show with Dan Cologne, the monsters that made us, but Frankenstein bride of Frankenstein, I think he was also uh, in the original Mummy. I first knew his... Well, there's two things where he came on my radar. First, I had an old stamp set as a kid because I used to collect stamps of all the universal uh, monsters, the actors who played them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, he's the uh, voice of How the Grinch Stole Christmas cartoon.
1: Yeah, which I didn't I, I, I didn't recognize for a long time.
0: Um, I think like my mom told me yeah. or whatever. But, you know, legend... And this, this is a throwback to all the films first... Uh, In the first film, the big cameo was horror legend Vincent Price, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And by the way, he mentions, uh, Boris Karloff mentions Vincent Price. Yeah, he's like, I'll
1: have to tell Vincent Price about this place. So it's just like...
0: (laughs) And that's an in-joke, because another 1964 thing that no one our age would understand, I obviously had to do the research for this, but at the time in 64, Vincent Price had come out with like an art collection at Sears. Oh! People (laughs) were... So that's why it's, like, not just a joke from the first movie, but it's also, like, really Vincent Price with art, you know?
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So, yes, first we get Vincent Price, and then, as you're about to say in Muscle Beach, we get Peter Lorre.
0: Two great voices in a row, and a third great voice, Boris Karloff in this. It's awesome. Honestly, this movie, not that great, but... The cameo you t- you looked this up last time, and I wanted to surprise myself. And when I saw that it was Boris Karloff, I was like, "Yes, you know that was worth it, right?" That was like, if you're watching this series, I don't know if they're going to continue doing this, but because I don't know who else they would pick. But these are three legends that even today, if you know film, yeah, especially at that era, you know them.
1: And they were like friends with one another. Like some trivia I read in one for one of these movies, or also I then also went into these actors IMDb's like profiles like their personal profiles and their trivia and like I think it was Peter lore and I think Vincent Price I don't think Boris Karloff but like Vincent Price and Peter Lore were at Bella Lugosi's funeral and like Peter Lore supposedly said to Vincent Price like do you think we should drive a stake through his heart just to be safe like <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's, that's awesome like that's you know they're just contemporaries and just like especially also I feel like Peter Lore had the most distinguished acting career. You know, obviously these all, all three of them are legends and contributed so much and and Vincent Price had the longest career. I mean, you know, started a little later than those two, but then he he lived the longest, I believe. But yeah, so just like all, you know, contemporaries and just obviously legends of their time. So just kind of cool that this weird tradition is going on and i mean you know why not put a werewolf in it then with these guys in it right
0: yeah yeah i guess again why not do anything in these movies they're just so wacky at this point but yeah. yeah shout out again to the late great boris Karloff for being in this film and i don't know i think it's just really really cool and remember of course he replaced peter Lore. peter lore was supposed to be the art dealer as well he had signed on for both films Karloff and peter Lore were friends and uh, Peter Lore passed away before they could shoot this one Boris Karloff stepped in and I honestly I love Peter Lore I think it's better to have 3 movies 3 legends like this
1: Yeah yeah exactly just it's 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 fun obviously a tragic reason that uh, three different guys played it but yeah just a kind of a, a fun pro to uh, Peter Lore not being able to come back
0: And Kyle a lot of this conversation today was about timeless musicians and yeah, probably. I was waiting for it the whole time, and we, we got an ending that was satisfying because your guy, Little Stevie Wonder, is back.
1: He is back, not nearly as much as the last film. I mean, he sings a song, but he's not in the credits again. It's not, and it's just like he sings, and then the movie ends. Uh, like again, in this movie, I, I felt like I was like teased. I was expecting him to show up a few different times. Yeah, I was
0: hoping to- he joined the gang. yeah something asking a lot but
1: something but no he just you know it's just like and again don rickles has like again like a danger feel he's like and now little stevie wonder like you know and that's and then just he finishes whatever i didn't bother writing down the name of the song do you know the name of this song
0: no and it wasn't a song that i was familiar with but i mean it's good but yeah
1: yeah it's good yeah no it's good and it's amazing talk about again, yeah legendary musicians that changed with the times i mean it's, you can't really get much better than Stevie Wonder in that sense. Awesome that he's back for this one. Uh, I guess you know just still very new to the music scene at that point like you said when they were filming this he was 13 I think you said 13 or 14 so crazy again in that in that sense and just what what, what a talent and awesome that he's part of this uh, franchise.
0: Uh, the other musician I did want to mention was and she we saw her last time Donna Lauren. Um, she sang that, that like Muscle Man song with Dick Dale last time. Yes, yeah. So she gets a solo in this one, and she'll go on to have songs in, I think, two or three more of these Beach Party films. Because I wanted to do a deep dive on her, and she actually was very famous in the 60s for being the Dr. Pepper girl. Hi, I'm Donna Lorne. Dr.
1: Pepper makes an ideal gift for your true love, but watch out for rivals. Oh, okay,
0: So like, cool. She was the f- she was, like, flow of her era. But for Dr. Pepper, (laughs) these movies are such time capsules. And as silly and dumb as this one is, and I have a feeling that if we cover more of these movies, they're just going to get more and more dumb. The best parts to me are, again, this is 1964 in a nutshell. Like, my mom was born in 64, right? Like... This is what culture in America... Not everyone's culture, obviously. This is predominantly white people. But it's, you know, culture in America at the time with all these pop culture, dated pop culture references. But if you get it, you get it. And it's kind of fun, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean movies themselves are pop culture but then if you throw in like that they're kind of teen films and there's a comedic realm to it there's going to be obviously pop culture references and there are always smart comedies but the, there's just even more awareness i think of it now now that people succeeded it but just like let's not date ourselves too bad but then there's movies that are based upon pop culture references like i mean like judd apatow ones and stuff like that
0: Oh, for sure. That's a that's a great example, right? Like, yeah, apatow comedy is chock full of that. And some of it is timeless. And some of those movies you watch back then, you're like, oh, really? Well, you yeah. Know, like- I
1: mean, forty year old version. One of the what people were laughing at and quoted. You know, I know you're gay. Like, if. <laughs> Is that, if, if a gay person watches that now, is that truly offensive? I don't know. But, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely dating it, for sure.
0: And even, like, take that aside. Yes, 100%. But one of them is, like, you know how I know you're gay? You like Coldplay. Yes, it's like, okay. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right. <laughs> Homophobia and pop culture in there. The yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's do our awards here for Bikini Beach. Because I think, at least for this summer... We're, we're, like, I've been alluding to, I think we're going to leave the beach for a little bit and cover some more modern beach films. But before, before that, Kyle, let's do it. Let's do give our awards. Who was this movie made for?
1: The kids of the time.
0: For sure, right? Once again.
1: Like you said, they were almost doing, like, focus groups, it sounded like, you know? it is now corporate run, like, what do the kids like? What are they into? Let's jam it all in.
0: Yeah, and the more of these movies we get, the more and more they're making it for these kids to make money off them. <laughs>
1: yeah. I a Pajama Party, I'm sure. I have no idea when, like, sleepovers became a thing, but, like... I feel like they were, like, they became more of a thing in, like, the 50s and 60s. I always think of, like, the sleepover that happens in the sandlot and treehouses. And just, like, I don't know, there was a very just, like, youthful Americana kind of thing. So I'm sure Pajama Party, I mean, there's a sleepover in, I know it's Grease, and Grease was even a satire of... 1959, 60, whenever that... Whatever yeah, you know, yeah, it around it. the same... Yeah, around right. the same time. And so it's just like it's a sleepover in that movie. So I just feel like Pajama Party, they're like, yeah, you know, those are... Kids love Pajama Parties.
0: Yeah, I gotta watch Pajama Party and make sure that it is indeed a high school film. But I do know that Pajama Party takes things in a different direction. It is not the same gang in Pajama Party. Okay. Annette Finicello plays a character named Connie... Oh, uh, the guy is played by someone named Tommy Kirk, who, if I remember correctly, is another Disney star. Yeah, he was in Old Yeller and. Uh, oh, that guy! Swiss Family Robinson.
1: Yeah, 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 and uh, I think uh, the Nutty Professor.
0: Oh, I think so. I think that's the same guy.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah,
0: um, I know. Again, he was in a lot of those films. Yeah, and... he's like
1: the whiny middle brother in Swiss Family Robinson. I want to study. I want to go to Oxford.
0: Uh, yeah. So. It's going to go in a different direction with Pajama Party for sure. I know these characters will come back, but Pajama Party is like almost a stand alone. It's almost a standalone film. Yeah, Frankie Avalon makes a cameo as a Martian so that'll tell you <laughs> so there you go right there yeah. that'll tell you yeah uh, space
1: is coming in at this time too you know, exactly it's and uh, just all that yeah
0: it, it's crazy it's crazy so who knows you know if it is a high school film we'll cover it at some point but I know this is a seven film arc supposedly with the beach party movies I can't say for a fact but I feel like the the three the original trilogy are going to be the most linked out of all of them
1: yeah except if, especially yeah if the next one is like not yeah I, I
0: I'll agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Most likely to succeed. What character won the movie this time?
1: Um hmm Who won the movie? Potato
0: Bug? Uh I, I don't even know. I mean, he won the race, right? Like Yeah,
1: he won the race and he's obviously like what Yeah, we also was she was was Ladybug putting up like how much he was worth or how many albums he sold? What was that millions thing? Yeah, he was on? making, think, like, so was, much millions of dollars Yeah, he's like, day. oh, only that much today? Like, you know. So he's doing well financially. He didn't, maybe he didn't get DD. But no, but he's getting married to Ladybug in the end. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, if he promised that he... What did she say he would promise? I, I don't know.
0: I forget, but he's <laughs> like...
1: And she promised, you know, like, or like, if I promised never to kick him in the face, because she had, I don't know, French karate feet. I have no fucking clue.
0: Pff, who knows? Yeah. And the, and the voice of elizabeth montgomery yeah <laughs> wooderson award is there a character here you would have liked to have seen more of
1: uh i will always forever say stevie wonder but i'm gonna go with those two cops there was something that made me laugh about them that i thought they were, they were going to be a bit more involved so maybe that would have ruined things i don't know but i'll say the two cops just for
0: hot take these days
1: oh yeah exactly sorry
0: yeah <laughs> log duck dong award is there a character whose omission would make the film better?
1: Uh, Oof. 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 I, I think, I mean, the chimp stuff is just so fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> you know what, though? I don't want to eliminate it because it's so stupid that it's like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That whole, that literally, that
1: whole story arc just didn't need to exist.
0: No. No, nothing needed to be there, though, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't,
1: I'll, say, I'll say fucking, fuck Clyde. He was a horny Oh, jeez. horny <sighs> ape, and yeah, I didn't like him one bit.
0: <laughs> Cameron Fry Award. Did anyone look too old to be a high schooler? Remember, let's keep it to the teenagers, but look, it's the same cast here.
1: But th- in this movie, so obviously, yeah, Eric Von Zipper, but then he says to Honeywagon, because the one guy's name is... JD, which is short for juvenile delinquent, so I'm like, are they saying that he's a that the like at least Eric Von Zipper's oh you're buddy right oh god is a juvenile delinquent, which you know obviously just means like youth.
0: <laughs> I think I think that's what they were saying. I think you're right. Wow, well let's pick JD then. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no uh, excuse for that. Unless
1: that's just like, you know, I mean, obviously there's always I mean, you could get the nickname J D when you're younger and it's keep it? Yeah. I I don't I don't Yeah, well there's also I mean there's big guys that are called little. I don't know. But I'm gonna stick with J D. That's all I'll say. Yeah,
0: let's go with J (laughs) D. One of one of the rats. Okay, Kyle. I'm very curious about this one, but giving you the red pen, I'm handing you the the Manila card. A plus to F scale. We're gonna grade Bikini Beach, and just for reference, none of critics have graded this on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience was thirty-nine percent. Letterbox two point nine out of five, which is a little higher than last time, which is confusing, but only by like a tick. But what's your grade, Kyle? A plus to F. What do you? What will you grade, Bikini Beach?
1: I'll give it a C. A C
0: for chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had C minus.
1: It made me, it made me let, there were, I mean, it's just getting sillier and sillier, but I dig, I'm like, okay, you put Stevie Wonder back in it, I got um, Boris Karloff, I like the two cops and just like that stupidness. So yeah, just kudos to Frankie Avalon playing this dual, silly, mop-top character. So that's why I gave it a C C versus
0: a C-. No, I think C is fair, you know, especially, you know what you're getting at this point, so it's not... I think I'll, I'll bump up to a C as well because you know what you're getting at this point. Yeah, exactly. Another shout out to is obscure shout out. Another shout out to our guys, Mike Manzi and Joey Lewandowski here on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Um, they, of course, had Watch the Therone, which was Charlize Theron podcast. Charlize was a guest star on SNL, and they did a sketch called Bikini Beach Party. So I keep calling his name "Bikini Beach Party" in my mind, and it was to, it was mocking these movies. Uh-huh. You gotta watch that sketch because it's actually pretty funny. Uh, it's I always forget this guy's name. I, I like know all the SNL people's faces, but I never remember their name. But uh, it was just the dude and her, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to? You know, let's let's have a chat later by the beach." And the whole thing is that it's, he goes. Do you want to chat by that decaying whale over there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we now return to Bikini Beach Park,
0: starring Simon Nebone and Lynn Lynette. Hey Gadget, why so sad? Haven't caught any big ones?
1: It's not that. It's just, I'm going back to Chicago tomorrow and I haven't kissed anyone.
0: Well, it's funny you should say that. I wanted to talk to you tonight. Really? Tonight? Just you and me? Of course, silly. Uh, meet me after the bonfire by the dead whale? What? You know, the big dead whale that's been on the beach for weeks filling up with gases? Maybe we should meet somewhere else. Oh, don't be silly, stupid. Oh, what about? Bikini beach party. Return to bikini beach party. And, like, you know, they're having, like, beach party-esque dialogue while, like, there's... A whale exploding because of all the gases building up because it's beached. Like, it's one of the most absurd sketches you'll ever see, but it's hilarious, especially if you see seen in these movies.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out.
0: <laughs> oh um, man! All right, beach towel, Kyle. What does your bikini beach towel look like?
1: Oh boy! Um, Can I, I take
0: one before you do? Please. Come on! It has to be a modern art masterpiece. Oh, that's I want, a
1: good call. Yeah, yeah. That's I want,
0: good. like, the Jackson Pollock paint splatter.
1: That That's really good. I, I would like one in that, too. I was thinking more, like, drag strip kind of stuff. So I think I'll do, like, a kind of, like, a side-by-side, like, two... Maybe I want... I want two towels. I want two drag racer towels side-by-side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the more you talk about it, the more I wish there was actual, like, RuPaul's Drag Race in this film. <laughs> that's disappointing. <laughs> I was talking with uh, two former guests this weekend in separate conversations about that show. Iceland Addington, who's, of course, the co-host of High School Slum Party AP, and Jenny O'Connell, another drag race fan. But none of that here, just good old-fashioned car drag racing, boo.
1: <laughs> oh, and T- Taron Killam is the SNL guy.
0: Taron Killam, yeah, Taron Killam. I like him, but I just I like sorry. him, too.
1: He had a funny, like, one-episode role on New Girl that I always think about. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> okay, Kyle. We have our cocktails in hand. We're together here on San Emilio Island. Wall-to-wall sand all the time. It's raining. You know, it's raining tonight, unfortunately. We can't go to the beach and the tiki bars every night. Let's spend a night in. So you and I take a walk to the Blockbuster over on Anchor Ave, one of the last Blockbusters to exist. We know we are renting Bikini Beach. But we get to the front counter, and... For whatever reason, I'm surprised, even though this is always the case. (laughs) But there's a sign that says rent two movies and get one free. And I'm like, let me hold our place in line. Stumble to the back, Kyle. Bring two other movies up. Let's make this a trifecta slumber party together this summer. What two other movies are we renting with Bikini Beach?
1: All right, I'm picking a good one and a bad one. The good one you mentioned already, which is American
0: Graffiti. Nice.
1: Yes, which is also a movie you've covered already, correct?
0: Love American Graffiti. Yeah. yeah,
1: great, 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 great film. Second feature film, I believe, of George Lucas. And I've heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> George, George Lucas, the Ewoks, and, uh, oh, racing. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: oh, okay, okay. So, what's your second film?
1: Uh, and then the, it's a shitty film, but we, we but we love we love the lead in it, and there's a chimp in it, Ed. Starring Ed, yes. <laughs> starring Matt Ed. LeBlanc,
0: starring Matt LeBlanc. I love it. Yeah. Again, once again, hashtag Monkey Club. I honestly thought Kyle, once he said American Graffiti, that you were gonna pick episode one because of the pod racing.
1: Oh, that's good too, but it's not. You know. Obviously. No, no. Yeah,
0: yeah, pick yeah. Ed. We got we got to feature Ed on the social media. I feel like we need to do that.
1: <laughs> Andy Skywalker,
0: <laughs> Odie Mandrell, and his award winning pit crew.
1: You just always have the best obscure fucking... <laughs> it's the best. It's so now bad. this
0: is podcasting. <laughs> there you go. I finally get to use that. <laughs> uh, are you still with us, listeners? Slumbers? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, Kyle, we're going to go a little bit modern, but let me figure out what movie we're going to talk about next. Go to the kitchen. Make us something to drink, please. I, I need just one more nightcap before we hit the hay. Anything else you want to say today, though, or plug?
1: Uh, no. Well, I'll plug again. Uh, Beyond the Plate Food Tours, food tour company I work for. A lot of great stuff with that. Um, we also do, we do corporate tours. So if any of you listeners have an office that you're like, oh, we're getting back together. You, you know, you haven't seen people in the office in a while, or got a whole new staff. Great way to hang. Uh, Something fun to do during the summer or after the summer If you guys are away like we are in San Emilio And uh, yeah And then just check out obviously all the other great shows On the Cage Club Podcast Network
0: And eventually we'll get around to posting Those uh, other Other... summer break drinks Yes But you know what, we're just enjoying the drinks and (laughs) And not posting about it But thanks again Kyle Whip up something and I'll take the slumberers out
1: Sounds good
0: Big thank you to Kyle, as always, but first off, for uh, having that check clear for his half of this beautiful vacation home here we have on San Emilio Island, and for making the drinks and talking these fun movies with me. This has been a blast, but as I just mentioned, we are going to be leaving the classic bikini beach, sorry, beach party movies. We're leaving Bikini Beach as well, unfortunately. (laughs) We're going to do some more modern beach-themed films. We may revisit the other Beach Party movies at some point in the podcast, but I feel like it's August. we got to start getting into the more modern decades. And if we're going to go modern, let's go foreign as well, right? (laughs) This movie, I want you to seek it out. I want you to rent it. It's an early movie of a very famous director. It is in Spanish, so you're going to have to read if you do not speak Spanish. The film is, and your unofficial homework is E to Mama Tambien. Oye, 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 oye!
1: Listen up, amigos, and listen good. From this day onwards, these are the rules, the only rules. <laughs> One! Do whatever you like! (laughs) Two! Get high once a day! At least once a day! Three! Never! Ever! Have sex with a friend's chica!
0: Four! Bow to the power of the masturbation! And last! But most important of all... Five! You don't, don't fall
1: for the same woman as your best friend. To love
0: somebody To love somebody The way I love you Somebody the way I love you. So, not gonna lie, as someone who's seen the movie, that was kind of a weird trailer for it. Um, I picked this trailer because it's in English, because otherwise it would just be either instrumental or Spanish, right? I figure most of my listeners speak English. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, the movie's in Spanish. It's subtitled, and it's much more, um, I don't know, that made it seem like an American Pie farce a little bit. (laughs) But definitely check it out. Kyle and me will be talking about it from San Emilio Island. I don't think he's seen it before. I think he's going to be in for some surprises. But that's Y Tu Mama También. And that episode will be this Friday. And remember, guys, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop, look around once in a while, you could miss it. Check out all the other great High School Slumber Party episodes, specifically the episode of High School Slumber Party AP on Kid 90, but all the other stuff, all the stuff I've done with Kyle all summer. That's great, too. And let me take it away with, you know what? You know what? Let's let our buddy Don Rickles do it. Later, dudes. It gives me great pleasure to present to you Little Stevie Wonder. Hey! Oh, uh, yeah. on Come on, everybody, and follow. That's happy is if the bunny hugs are doing. Come on, clap your hands and chocolate well, yeah. <laughs> with